I'm smiling so much because this is so true to every entrepreneur that has left their job. This gives a, an opportunity for people to utilize their skill sets, do what they're very passionate about, rather than driving an Uber or being a part-time waiter or waitress. This really allows them to use their skill sets and benefit the community as well. Welcome to MakeCast. I'm Dale Doherty. M-Hub Chicago, located in a building which was once a Motorola electronics lab, is a makerspace that is about three years old. It predominantly serves commercial makers, most of whom are developing new physical products. It's an innovation space that has supported over 350 companies and created an innovation ecosystem for hard tech centered in Chicago, but able to reach beyond it. Over the last year or two, M-Hub has begun offering product development services that allow makers, engineers, and others to work on paid projects for corporate clients, filling a need for rapid prototyping for those companies and helping entrepreneurs bring in some money while they get started on their own project. Recently, M-Hub was awarded a three-year, $1.3 million grant from the federal government to scale these services, developing new opportunities for talent and providing a service to client companies. In this episode of MakeCast, I'm talking about matching talent to opportunity with two of M-Hub Chicago's founders, Haven Allen, who is Executive Director, and Bill Feenup, who is Director of Innovation Services. We are also joined by Bianca Tai, who is a Program Manager at M-Hub. I have been at this for a long time, but really looking to build an organization that can lower barriers for more people to engage in hard tech and physical product innovation. That's Haven Allen. He's wearing a mask because he's working out in the open at M-Hub, and his sound is a bit muffled, and there's some background noise throughout the conversation. That took the, the lens of creating a place, a convenient place, providing access with capital-intensive equipment, really fostering interactions between the talent and the community, and then the community with the industry. Haven met Bill Feenup in 2014, after Bill had started a place called Catalyze Chicago. I asked Bill what he dreamed of in starting a place. So I think this was really a dream come true because we set out to build them up to really solve some of the challenges that entrepreneurs had, really removing those barriers. I had access to a lot of resources before I became an entrepreneur. I graduated from MIT, had a lot of connections with professors and access to the best tools over there. And then I worked for IDEO and Insight Product Development and did some consulting for seven years. It really hit me when I quit my job and found myself alone in my apartment trying to build a physical product and trying to launch a business. I didn't have people to talk to. I didn't have equipment to prototype. I didn't have the manufacturing connections or access to capital. Um, impossible to talk to manufacturers when you're looking to make one or two of a product. I think what's great about this is we set out to, to solve all those challenges, really provide a community with diverse set of talent and resources. So really with that community, you can connect anyone to the technical knowledge and expertise. So the community is really the most valuable asset that we had. So we've got about $6 million worth of equipment in our prototyping lab, and everyone has access to that equipment, which was a dream of mine as well, is 
to get people access to those resources where they can learn how to use that tool and then use it to prototype and then scale their business. Just as, as important as the tools is really the mentorship and the education. So we go pretty deep into programming, not only in product development, but also how to start and launch a business, how to build a financial model, how to create pitch decks. It's really key to having that mentorship and that programming that comes along with it. I would add the product development services as well. It's access to capital, but also access to the necessary financing to be able to sustain your life, invest in your inventory, invest in your automation. And with product development services, we've put over a, a million dollars of contracting work into the community over the last two years, which is extending runways and providing that financial wherewithal to even yeah. be able to be an entrepreneur. Break that down a bit. Like Bill was saying, when you quit your job and you start working for yourself or developing a new project, you don't have any income. You don't have investors. You don't have anything but your idea. How could you provide that transition for people who need to do work on an independent basis as contractors or whatever? I'm smiling so much because this is so true to every entrepreneur that has left their job. It's a need not only for the entrepreneur, but also our community who needs access to, to some of these solutions. But this gives a, an opportunity for people to utilize their skill sets, do what they're very passionate about, rather than driving an Uber or being a part-time waiter or waitress really allows them to use their skill sets and benefit the community as well. This is generally what people do part-time to try to freelance, right? So we wanted to facilitate that effort as well as we had a lot of clients and customers of ours coming to us saying, hey, you guys are the experts in product development. Can you help me develop the product? And so we married those together and can facilitate that through this program. I'd like to add on top of what Bill's saying, having come from a medium-sized manufacturing company in the suburbs of Illinois before joining Hub. That's Bianca Tai, the program manager responsible for the product development services. I speak on behalf of the fact that, you know, that business, we're really good at focusing on our core business, right, in, in the day-to-day. But as far as new product development and finding different avenues to gain new customer markets and segments, that was challenging. And I think I speak on behalf of a lot of local manufacturers and companies that have now come to MHub, where they ask, like, we don't have access to XYZ talent. And that could be anything from software development to material experts. So coming to us, we can quickly tap into the talent pool that we have and really then help them figure out where their priorities are, where their challenges are, and how we can, how we can. What does it look like from a member's perspective or someone that is this maker, entrepreneur? Do they sign up to this program? Do they register? Do they get interviewed? How does that work? How do you know that they could do what they say they do. I, I think part of that is they're in the M-Hub space, right? So we know what they're working on. We know who they've interacted with. So we can speak to a lot of the, the skills that they have and the, the products and deliverables that they can provide, but it is an application process. So the talent does have to come through an application. We review their skills. We categorize their skills on a scale of, you know, one through five. So one being brand new to the subject to five being an expert. That's interesting. You're matchmaking, right? Yeah. yeah there's also a, an orientation process where we also mentor them and how to communicate with clients, how to write proposals. There's a lot of education that goes on through this program as yeah. well. And we want to make them better. Hey, let me ask you, I would expect that some maker spaces and other groups have stayed away from this, saying to themselves, 
we don't want to be a consulting business or we don't want to be responsible for that work. Yeah, no, I think it goes back to what Bill was saying about how we even developed this. It was voice of the customer. And there's two customers here. One, the startup that needs to put a roof over their head, continue building their business. And the other side where industry was coming to us with a very defined need that was particular to them and wanting access to the talent to develop that need. And we have other industry partners that are very engaged with the startups and the teams that are coming and developing new products, but some that know the problem, some that know the market, the customer had the ability to manufacture and they're just looking for talent. And with the M-Hub being the partner in between, we actually give a lot of these independent contractors the abilities to work with Fortune 50, Fortune 500 companies, which would never, unfortunately, fortunately, take on that type of work because of the risk that involved in working with someone that doesn't isn't third party validated. So it was a win for us. It was a reaction to the voice of the customer. We're happy right. to be able to remove those financial barriers for our startups and unlock a lot of value for industry. And that's right. where we think we, we should be playing. And right. so we didn't but, shy away from that. But it's required setting up some infrastructure to do that at, at MPUB, right? Yeah, no, it, it continues to evolve. Early on, we had access to everybody's talents, right? When they sign up, we know their skill sets, we know their backgrounds, and we were able to mine that. But it was really a one-person show and bill being able to manage our existing clients and build that out. We started to infuse some technology. We brought uh, Bianca on. We purchased a platform. We've been building it up over time as we've understood where there's areas to automate, areas of growth, where we have expertise, how our partners and, and uh, manufacturers actually want to engage. And so yeah. it's like any small business, we've taken yeah. steps, but had infrastructure to be able to tap in and really leverage. So now you've gotten a grant to to maybe scale up the program. We received the Build to Scale grant from the EDA. EDA's Economic Development. Yes. Using that fund, we're going to really scale product development. So we want to really create this marketplace that brings together all of our clients on both sides, right? Our customers are our talent as well as our, our clients, the small to medium sized manufacturers. In doing so, right, we need to increase the amount of talent that we continue to bring into MHub. We need to increase the skill sets that we offer based off demand from our clients. Yeah, grant is to help support the scale of that so we can connect more entrepreneurs and designers and engineers to small to medium manufacturers right. here locally. Is, is this locally or regionally focused or is it nationally focused? There's obviously just being in Chicago, a higher concentration here in right. the Midwest region, but there's clients in upstate New York and the talent We're honestly still trying to figure that out. Our goal is over the next three years to have about 500 contractors that are participating in this program. We see connections with universities and extension to some of our, you know, partners like Northwestern, IIT, and University of Illinois, where there's a similar sort of uh, market failure in the need to get experiential learning opportunities, practical experience for engineers and looking to pull them onto some of the project teams. But we also want to support over 120 small and medium-sized manufacturers over the next year, and those could be all over the U.S. We are looking at the role other maker spaces and innovation centers can have in augmenting and participating in the talent pool and contracting, but are still very early in the strategy and planning stages around that. And 
are looking to, to hire someone specifically on talent development who will engage with those stakeholders, better understand the landscape outside of Chicago to see where the, those market opportunities yeah. are. Chicago is a great place for this experiment to be centered. It's just a large area, but you do have a lot of manufacturing talent. One of the things that excites me about this, engineers can now work on freelance. When you have spaces like M-Hub, you can actually work pretty nimbly. And certainly some people want to be entrepreneurs and have their own idea, but other people want to just apply their skills and talents in, in useful ways. So I think this is actually a, 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 a great need. Yeah, we think there's huge market opportunity. That pool of talent, our special sauces, as Bianco was saying and Bill, we know the people here. We know yeah. what they work on. We can validate their product. And trying to understand scale in that manner is something we're yeah. going to figure out over the next two to three years. The other thing that we see using COVID-19 as an example is when a problem is well-defined and there's you know, some goals, there's a lot of people that can work towards that goal. Uh, yeah. More challenging and more entrepreneurial thing to identify a problem, research, understand what the right fit of a solution is. But when a company says, here's the problem we have and we understand what it is and what it needs, we just don't have the resources to go after it. Absolutely. Bill and Bianca led all of our product development and engineering around COVID. And uh, it was amazing to what you were saying to see the community come together. I, I was impressed as well. When this pandemic hit, there were a number of challenges that were immediately put on our plate. And we worked with local hospitals to really understand what things are lacking, what things patients need. And we had about a dozen projects that were COVID related, everything from ventilators to manual, you know, resuscitators to PPE and face shields, face masks, pappers and, and UV light. There's a, there are a lot of projects that the community just really bonded together to solve some of these challenges. We had yeah. probably about 60 or so volunteers. We did have to change kind of the way we innovated. We found this tool called Miro, which is an online whiteboard where everyone can participate at the same time. And, and we use that as a platform to brainstorm virtually. And we still got a lot of participation, um, a lot of very organized output and refined our process in that virtual environment. Once you get into physical prototyping, you do need to be on site or you need access to tools. We were very cautious about working together in a safe way and quickly iterated. And I think it was in about 45 days, we had a, a working ventilator. We brought in multiple doctors to give us feedback and figure out what features need to be in these ventilators. There's been talk about open innovation as a term, but this was actually a great example of it. It truly opened, not like a company or one person being in charge of it, the the designs and the ideas flowed from lots of different places. It often came down to a group of people who had to make decisions about what do we actually build? And then who do we serve? What is the feedback we're getting? Mm -hmm. But I, I, I wonder if that isn't a part of your, your next platform. It's, it's not just that you can assign an individual to a company to work with them, but that uh, combinatorial uh, solution where you're putting different skill sets together, different heads together. That's the hardest thing, I think, for people to figure out. It's like, you find one really smart person out there to do something, but it doesn't mean they can do everything or the, their skill set is, is bounded in certain ways. So how, how do you put them together, I think, creates opportunities and, and also just solve some real problems out there for businesses like you were talking about. Dale, we are focusing on supporting dislocated workers. 
that were affected by the pandemic as well. So we are offering 25 free memberships to workers who've been dislocated by COVID-19, who are designers and engineers and have the product development expertise that we're looking for. But we will be providing three months of free membership for those individuals in prioritizing women and, and innovators of, of color as well. So we right. really want to focus on, on those communities. Can you give me one example of a person that, yes, yeah, or a small group that, that did a job last year or, or something that threw you? There's really one project we can talk about. A lot of times these teams sign in days, so it's, yeah. it's difficult for us to talk about the work that we do. The, the one client project we can talk about is this toaster. A client came to us with a technology saying that they can um, rapidly toast a piece of bread in under 15 seconds. But the challenge was that you can't just do a time-based solution because the input, whether the bread is, is stale or whether it's fresh, the humidity of the bread is different. So uh, 15 seconds may not even uh, brown the bread if it's fresh, but it, it would burn it uh, to a crisp if it, in 13 seconds if it was a little stale. So they came to us with this challenge of how do we use this technology to build a toaster, a commercial toaster. We had a brainstorm session with about 16 diverse groups and we were thinking can we weigh the toast while it's cooking can we use sensors to maybe sniff an odor can we look at conductivity resistance like we had a you know, list of sensors we were going through and something that came out of it was just look at the piece of toast visually with a camera and put some filters through it when it reaches the right color just kick it out of the machine that was the output of the brainstorm and their team was like that seems obvious. Why haven't we thought of that? And so then they asked us to build a prototype. And within six weeks, we had a proof of concept that took about 45 seconds. Uh, we slowed it down. And then the next stage was, was another two-month phase where we brought that back down to 15 seconds. And then the final stage was building an enclosure around it that would live up in an industrial environment. We produced five units uh, and put that in a commercial kitchen. They're going through testing now, and and hopefully that product will make it to market very shortly. But in terms of the development costs, this was about a $150,000 project that was done in about five months. How many very, people? Uh, there's about six them? people on that team, and then right. plus about another 15, 16 in the brainstorm. And what are the range of projects, Bill? Yeah, it's, it's across the board what we've done. It, it's across so many industries. Mm-hmm from automotive to medical to um, consumer electronics. There's a lot of uh, food. There's a lot of automation. We do opportunities assessments. We also are getting more into marketing and product launches. Opportunity assessments for business cases, we look at ROIs. We do a lot of, in retail. Then in terms of the talent, there's a lot of mechanical engineers, electrical engineers, material scientists software, mobile app development, firmware, back-end web, industrial design. So a lot of different disciplines come together, especially for these IoT projects that can cover the full stack of innovative things. Was the work done in MHub or at the client? At MHub. But sometimes we do go to client sites. Thank you, Bill, Bianca, and Haven. It was a pleasure to talk to you. I'm always glad to see maker space get some form of government <laughs> support and funding because I, I think this is how we have to build the economy especially in mm-hmm. recovery from COVID-19. Thank you for listening to MakeCast. MakeCast is brought to you by the members of Make Community. To learn more about becoming a member check out make.co.
If you have thoughts or comments on the program, please send them to me at makecast at make.co.